today we have one scripture lesson, just the gospel lesson for today from Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read it in three sections, and it's the most important part of the message. But um, uh, after Sherry reads each section of it, I'll share a little mini-message that goes with it as well. Our first reading comes from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 4. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guard shook and became like dead men. We'll give each of these many messages a title. We'll call this first one, Dead Men, and the Dead Man They Let Get Away. So we're just going to channel briefly the commanding officer of the detail of soldiers assigned to guard the empty tomb or the tomb on that first Easter morning, and then we'll come back to the current time. But let's go back in time for just a little bit. You had one job. My pet snail could have done a better job than you just did. A dead man in a tomb with a big stone in front of it. How hard is that? Oh no, don't tell me about, oh no, but we were also defending it from his disciples who might have come and stolen the body away. No, no, as of Thursday night, they were gone. They ain't coming back. The chances of them coming back are as high as COVID-19. I have no idea what that is. That just came to me. Uh, being caused by 5G transmissions. I have no idea what that is either. That just came to me. That's like the current conspiracy theory. I serve in the Roman army. I get conspiracy theories. They're crazy. Anyhow, there's no way his followers are coming back. He's dead. And then the guys who replaced you, they come and tell me, when we got there, they were like dead men. You were like dead men. You couldn't even keep a dead man in the tomb. And then you say, an angel came, the stone rolled away, and Jesus rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. You realize that from this time forward, I have lost every possible chance at promotion in this army, and no one will ever, ever believe anything you said. Okay, the, the, the commander. He was off by, what, three, four, five billion people? Because as it turns out, a lot of people actually believed exactly what his soldiers had experienced, including me, and I'm guessing probably you if you're, you're watching this. Actually, I kind of believe it more than ever this year. I, you know, I can't really blame the soldiers becoming like dead men. When you think about it, death is the one thing we all kind of share in common. And, and when we're living our normal lives, we do get on these treadmills, and they're not always super healthy for our bodies or for our relationships or for our spirits. In fact, sometimes the, the stuff we kind of get locked into is, is amazingly deadly. And, and so one of the reasons I believe so much in Easter is, is that it's, it's God's way of demonstrating to us that, that literally anybody can die. But you, you, you have to choose to live. And, and you have to have a role model for what that's like. Jesus lives. We choose to live. Yes, maybe you've, you've seen stuff like this, but yesterday, we've lived in our neighborhood for 23 years. There was never a day like yesterday. 
Uh, one of our neighbors organized a, a neighborhood-wide uh, socially distanced uh, Easter egg hunt for the kids. All these kids out on their bikes. Uh, all these adults doing yard work, out walking around. Again, distance from each other, but, but connecting in, in ways that literally I've never seen before. Normally we're like the suburban subdivision where you really live in, in anonymity and suddenly it was like maybe what it was supposed to be, which is a neighborhood, a small, small thing. But the thing that isn't a small thing, as controversial and difficult and debated as it has been, our entire world kind of has chosen to shut itself down for a while because we want to choose life. And I, I think even for the people who are, are kind of skeptical about how that's all going on, uh, even, even they or us or we or I bought into the thing of if, if you won't do it for yourself, do it for somebody else who's maybe more vulnerable. And, and people could get on board with that. And so, for whatever reason, the human family has decided to choose to live this Easter, as hard as it is, and, and no one would want this to happen again, and we all went it over yesterday. But as long as we're here, we're here. And, and perhaps if there's anything that's life-giving about COVID-19, is not COVID-19, but it is that it happened to fall for us as Christians in this Easter season. And, and it's a reminder to us that, that anybody can die, but to choose to live is to choose to care, and it's to choose to be aware, and it's to choose to love, and all that takes extra energy and extra risk. When it's all done, and hopefully that will be yesterday at some level. Why keep dying? we can choose to be living. No. Our second reading is from Matthew 28, verses 5 through 7. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There, you will see him. This is my message for you. It's kind of like the angel had a checklist. I mean, think about it. The angel shows up and gets the clipboard out and starts going through it. Don't be afraid. Uh, you're here looking for a dead guy. He's not here. I realize that's hard to believe. Why don't you look inside and see where he lay? And now that you've done that, I need you to go and tell. Oh, wait, don't just go. Go quickly. And remember what it is that you're going to tell. That's 5A on the little list, which is you're going to tell his disciples that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You should go there, and there you will see him. And having run that whole kind of checklist off, the, the angel ends by saying, that is my message for you. This little mini message is called, Don't Miss the Obvious. In that scripture lesson, what's the obvious thing? I'm going to dare to say that it's not that Jesus had risen from the dead. He talked about that many times. People couldn't hear it, didn't want to hear it. For whatever reason, they weren't ready for it, but it's not like it was a surprise. 
the obvious thing in the, in, in, in the angel's message is that these women are entrusted with a message to tell and they better not hesitate. Don't doubt yourself. Don't worry about whether somebody's going to believe you or not. And, 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 and don't hesitate in doing it. See, because I think what they recognized in those women and what they would have recognized in any messenger was that if you take Mary and Mary, um, they are two random women who are property of their husbands in that world, living under uh, occupied Roman control. In other words, they are two people with virtually no power in that world. And, and perhaps they would have thought, uh, this is, is life as normal, and I have no further power in this situation. And the angel comes into their reality, and the angel comes into our reality, and, and says, no, no, actually, you're the most powerful people in the world right now because, because you have the opportunity to share a message that will, in fact, change everything. And so I need you to go and do that, and I need you to go and do it quickly. Don't you think that, that one of the struggles in, in 2,000 years of Christian faith since then is that we, we've lost track of the most obvious thing. We spend so much time worrying about the religious rules, and those end up being human rules most of the time, but we get sidetracked on that. Or we rightly ascribe to God's wonder and awe and beauty, but in the process of doing that, also kind of uh, convince ourselves that no matter how much we screw it up, God will resolve it all for us, and, and God will take care of everything. And so we kind of push the responsibility away onto either God or onto the rules. And yet the obvious thing about today's scripture lesson is that, no, God empowers you, God empowers me with enormous capacity for good. But if we don't do it, it doesn't necessarily happen. You can't miss the obvious. If you go back to the soldiers in the, in the first part of the story, you can't blame them for being like dead men. It's our normal state of being. You couldn't blame the women if they got afraid and, and they didn't tell anybody. But they heard what the angels said. They did the obvious. Easter is like that. It's pretty clear cuts. Let's keep going. Our third reading continues with verses 8 through 10. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thanks, Sherry, for doing the readings for us this morning. You heard a little bit in the background. I think we have a baby Peter along with us as well. Speaking of kids, my wife Barb and I had the chance a couple of years ago to go visit our son David in the community he lived in in rural Togo, Togo for a number of years with the, with the Peace Corps. And, and part of our visit there was this amazing celebration one day in, in which everyone was, was in the, the brightest, most amazing colors, great music, uh, great dancing. In the midst of all of this, the chief of the community kind of motioned me that, that I should go up and kind of join and be the centerpiece of the dance. 
Then after about 45 seconds, he kind of pushed his hands across like that, and my, my son David yelled across to me, Dad, he wants you to quit dancing. <laughs> I was crushed. Not that I didn't know I, I, I can't dance, and not that David didn't know it, and not that Barb or all people didn't know it, not that anybody from across the life who's been with us in El Salvador, or, or, or uh, Christ the King for that matter, has been with us in El Salvador, where we dance all the time and I can never dance anymore. It, it's just that it, it's, it takes it to another level when you're told to dance and not to dance in, in two languages you can't understand. And, and I just feel like you should have given me 60 seconds instead. But we always laugh about it, and everything about that day was spectacular. When we think about it, the, the word that first comes to mind is joy. Nevertheless, it was not a day of great joy. Scripturally, that's only Christmas and Easter. In each case, when that word is used, an angel is on the scene, and in the Christmas story, you know how it goes, the angel's announcement. I bring you good news of great joy. And now here on Easter, the angel has said, that's my message for you. And the women do exactly as, they, as they've been instructed. They don't just leave. They leave and they run. In that world, how often do you think adult women ran? But they ran and they went with a sense of fear, which I think we can all relate to. But they also go with a sense of great joy. And that's a little strange to talk about on a day when we're not here together because at some level we are afraid um, and we don't want to transmit this disease and we don't want that to happen to others. And it's also a, a time of enormous, uh, almost unspeakable economic hardship and the people who came into this situation the most vulnerable are the ones for sure who will suffer the, the most and are and, and, and will live with the, with the after effects for the longest possible. But the people of God have been through difficult, hurtful losses before. Some of them self-inflicted, some of them inflicted upon uh, each other as the human family. And, and the thing is, we all want to be alive, right? We, we don't want to keep choosing dying. And, and the thing is, the, the things that normally motivate us ultimately are, I think, kind of a wash in life. So power, possessions, uh, position, privilege, uh, all of those things are a wash, or maybe they ultimately, because they aren't relational, maybe they actually ultimately pull us down a little bit. If you're going to choose life and the good and to be a neighbor as you would want someone to be a neighbor to you, where does that come from? And, and the only place that can come from is something that wells up inside of you that is the essence of great joy. A God come to live with us, and a God who shows us that you cannot choose death when the better option is to choose life. And so Jesus does and did, and he gives us a spirit so that we did and do and will. Oh, people of God, nobody has perfect words for a day like today. But there is a perfect word, the essence of great joy. That's why you've got to ring it and shout it and say it and remember it and be it. Hallelujah, people. Happy Easter. <laughs>